Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you're here and taking time out of your day to listen and grow with God. We pray that God will speak to you and you will experience His amazing love through this message. Let's take a listen. Speaking of real relationship, forgiveness is a very vital part of having relationships that are healthy, biblical, all of the things. And if you look in our culture, uh, any, any moment of in, in our culture, if you look on the news, if you look on YouTube, that's my source of, it, of news, uh, whatever it is, you find people bickering, you find people getting upset, you find, uh, you find this, this, this spirit of unforgiveness that is amongst our whole world. It doesn't, you don't, you can't, I mean, obviously political sense, all of the different things, Christian, non-Christian, it doesn't matter. There are people who just love to stay bitter, love to stay in this state of unforgiveness and holding grudges that just rip families apart, rip friends apart. And so today what I'd love for us to do is talk about this element of good, healthy, real, biblical relationships. I'm convinced that you have to have forgiveness in every good relationship in order to take it to the next level. Some of the best friends I've ever had, some of the best things that I've ever, the people that I've been around, forgiveness has always been a part of it. Actually, in fact, tomorrow I'm celebrating 13 years of marriage to my wife. Um, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Marriage. All right, so we have a, we, we, we're able to forgive each other, not hold these grudges that just destroy healthy relationships. And so uh, what I'd like for us to do today is, is talk about the differences between unforgiveness and forgiveness. Uh, the title of the message is When to Forgive or how to forgive when you can't forget. Uh, so I, I've got some research here from a lot smarter people than me, some stats about what it looks like from, from a mental point of view and from a physical point of view for those who have chosen unforgiveness versus unforgiveness. So unforgiveness and forgiveness. You guys ready? Here we go. The first one is this. So on your talk notes, you'll, you'll see kind of some spaces there. And so I, what I'd like for you to do is kind of highlight or, mi- or write down just a few things that kind of pop out as I'm sharing some of these things. So the first category is unforgiveness. For those who choose unforgiveness, studies have shown many negative outcomes, including increased stress levels and muscle tension, increased levels of adrenaline and, and cortisol, unhealthy levels, Increased blood pressure and heart rate. As I'm saying this, you probably might, you probably might be thinking of somebody who uh, is dealing with this even now or has dealt with this and this unforgiveness. It affects them, their blood pressure, their heart rate, a rise in depression, a, a, heart, a rise in heart disease and even stroke, a suppressed immune function. They just don't wanna eat or uh, they, they can't, um, regu- they're not regular. An, impa- an impaired neurological function and memory. It, infa- it affects their, their, their body in a physical way. And it also, the last but not least, it shortens people's lifespans. On the other side of it, forgiveness. There's benefits to forgiveness. Let's look at a few of those. From a mental and emotional side, you've got healthier relationships. It's a no-brainer. Greater psychological uh, well-being, less anxiety, less worry, less stress, less hostility toward one another. Fewer symptoms of depression, higher self-esteem, higher self-confidence, less hostility, better anger management, 
skills. From a physical health side, for those who choose forgiveness, a stronger immune system keeps your heart healthy, lowers body pain, lowers blood pressure, and lowers risk of alcohol and substance abuse. And ultimately, it extends, it can extend one's life because you're in right relationship with those around you. So to forgive me, you probably may have been in, uh, you've probably heard of uh, services and messages talking about forgiveness. This might be the 50 bajillionth time you've heard of this, but will you humor me and let, let this be a 50 bajillionth and one, okay? So I wanna talk about what forgiveness is, all right? Let's look at Webster's, uh, uh, Miriam Webster's dictionary. This is what the definition, if you were to look it up, here it goes. Forgiveness is to cease to feel resentment against an offender or to pardon the offense, to pardon someone, even when it's not needed. The second one is from a, from, a, from a dictionary, but also let's look at what the Bible is. Obviously, we're at church. We're gonna look at what scripture has to say about forgiveness. From a Christ follower, forgiveness is the expression or outflow of the faith we have already fully received in Christ but then the greater revelation of learning and knowing and, and, and spending time and understanding what Christ has done for us on the cross, what that does is, is as we're greater revelation of that, the more that extends out to other people, the more we receive an understanding of that forgiveness, the more that will pour out into others. Uh, let's look at a couple of scriptures here. Colossians chapter one, you may be familiar with this one, verse 13 and 14, for he, the father has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Because of the father being a good father, he sent the son in order that we, you and I might be forgiven for those who believe. First John 1, 9 continues, says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's so good at doing that. When we say, believe in our heart, and believe in our mouth, and we confess with our mouth, if we ask that, God, we, we confess our sins, he is just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. I'm gonna spend some extra time on this verse. Uh, this may be more of a familiar verse for you guys. Luke chapter 23, verse 34 states, Father, Jesus is saying this, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Some of you guys were saying that as I was saying it at that moment. It was a couple of, uh, couple of statements that Jesus said while he was on the cross. It's recorded in the Gospels. This was one of the last couple of things he said while he was on the cross. And actually, you think about it. Imagine, illustrate just for a moment, if you could use your imagination, think of Jesus being on the cross. He's already been whipped. He's already been um, mutilated. He's already been in this state where he's bloody, he's unrecognizable, and he's hanging on the cross, thinking of you and I, not just thinking of the people that nailed him there, and yet he's saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's thinking about our sin. He's thinking of us. He's saying that for our benefit as well. So number one is this, on your talk notes, here it is. We know how to forgive because Christ forgives us. We know how to forgive because ultimately the greatest example of forgiveness is found in the person of Jesus. We can look no, look no other place when we see Jesus for what he's done for us. It should change who we are. His blood was shed so that you and I might have a relationship with Christ. We didn't deserve him doing that. He took our sin debt 
took it upon himself and so that we might be reconciled to the Father, that we might have a relationship with him. So the more we can understand that, that forgiveness that he provides, we have everything we need in order to fully show grace, fully forgive those who have done us wrong. Now, today we're not talking about reconciliation. This has been shared before in the past, uh, so forgive me, but for those of you who are newer, forgiveness is on you. Forgiveness is on the individual, right? Reconciliation, thank you for that, amen. Reconciliation is between two different people, two different persons. You have no charge, you have no power over the other individual. But for those of us who call Christ Lord and Savior, for those of us who follow after the things of Jesus, it's a non-negotiable for us to be a forgiving people. And I'm not talking about being ran over or just, you know, being, being weak and meek and just be, oh, they're, they're Christians, they'll forgive us. No, 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 no. There's real pain, real hurt, real lessons to be learned, but we ought to be a people to forgive and forgive and forgive because Christ has forgiven us. Obviously, we live in the world. The world is cold. The world hates God. Uh, we live in a world where uh, forgiveness is a rarity nowadays. We'd rather be upset and live in a state of hate toward each other. Uh, that's the normal. Uh, those, those, of, those people who have not found that forgiveness in Christ. But I also see it in, in church as well. It's, it's so sad when uh, church, churches split, denominations uh, split and can't reconcile. There's not a spirit of compromise. It's a sad thing when the people who have received Christ's forgiveness won't be able to reconcile. And it's a shame, it's sad. So what I'd like to spend some time on is you, the individual, have to be a people, we have to be an individual people to be able to forgive. And I know I'm dealing, as I'm saying this, I know this is a very general state. We could probably spend hours talking about the list of things that have been done to you. Some of you guys have experienced divorce. Some of you guys have experienced real pain, real hurt, real things that have been done to you or done toward you or your family or a loved one. <clears throat> but I'm telling you guys this, I'm convinced that in Christ, we have everything we need through the power of the Holy Spirit in order to forgive. We do, we do. And that should not be just a, 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 just a simple statement. We do have everything we need in order to be a forgiving people. So when we forgive, you don't change the past, you change the future. We can't change the past. There's no way to change the past. There's no way, and it will eat you up and destroy your current joy if we stay in that unforgiveness and, that, and think about the past often. What it does when we, change, when we choose to forgive, we're able to change the trajectory of who we are and who we're going to become, and all of those around us are looking at us because we proclaim the name of Jesus, we're ambassadors of Jesus, so we ought to be a different, peculiar, as what Scripture says, people. Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 32, here's a couple of other verses that talk about forgiveness. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as, is, just as Christ also, God forgave you. We have received a forgiveness, so we ought to, <laughs> if we've received it, we ought to be able to live that out, be kind and compassionate to one another. Does Paul say there, we will all agree? No, we, there will be disagreements, there will be, uh, there will be conversations, there will be heated debates, but then we, should, we, should not that, we should be able to be kind and compassionate toward one another. Continues Proverbs 17, 9. Love prospers when a fault is given, but dwelling on it separates close friends. I've seen some really close besties in my life. Some people who are like, 
man, we're like blood brothers. We're never going to be departed. And then one little thing happens and they never talk for the rest of their life. Isn't it crazy how just the smallest of things can just destroy healthy, good relationships? Matthew chapter six, verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their sins, Jesus says, your father will not forgive your sins. See, what happens is, and y'all know this, we know this. When we, when we live good, horizontal, good relationships, it does impact our relationship with the Father. It, re- it, it impacts us in, an, in a really important way. So my responsibility as a child of God is not to harp and not to, not to continue to fret on the fault that has been done to me. My responsibility is to surrender it to the Father. My responsibility is to give it to Him and let Him worry about it and fix it. Here's number two on your talk notes. You see, unforgiveness is a cycle. I, I did not make this up. I, am, uh, I, I, I saw this and I was like, this is so good. But unforgiveness is a cycle. The enemy wants us to continue to stay in a cycle. Satan's really good at just allowing things to continue to repeat in your life. Maybe some of you guys have seen this or if you've lived this out. Some of you guys have seen people who have been in uh, a poor financial decision cycle and it just wrecks their whole family. They're just in debt and debt and debt and they're just continually making poor decisions. I know people who continue to blame people and never take responsibility for things. They're just in this cycle continually. Uh, some, some other people are just, they're just full of pride and they're just, they just hold on and there's walls built and just, you know, there's just a cycle that continually, so the enemy's really good talking about forgiveness today of continually keeping, you, keeping us in a place of unforgiveness. Whatever that thing is, we can just say, you know, they don't deserve our forgiveness. I'm just gonna continue to say. And what it does is it impacts us physically. It impacts us emotionally. It impacts us spiritually. Here's one of the things as a Christ follower it does for us. We should be in relationship. We should be in conversation with the Father, Paul says, regularly. I was talking to somebody the other day and, uh, and they were, we were talking about forgiveness and they were like, my prayer life's just not vi- as vibrant as it once was. And I'm like, well, hey, did you forgive that person who did that thing to you? I'm like, no. <laughs> it impacts your relationship. It impacts your conversation with the Lord. We should be a people who break that cycle. And in order how to do that is through Christ. Forgiveness keeps moving forward. Here's the next line. Forgiveness keeps moving forward. My original statement said forgiveness uh, is a straight line, but that's not necessarily true, right? I mean, forgiveness is a, there's, a, there's, there's pieces to it. There's some, there's some incline moments and there's some decline moments, but at least you're moving forward. And Jesus breaks chains. Jesus is able to break that cycle. If you surrender it to him through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have everything we need in order to break that cycle that the enemy wants us to stay in. So we've got to keep moving forward. Psalms 32.1 says, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Psalms 86.5 says, you, Lord, are forgiving and good and abounding in love to all who call to you. He's so good at forgiving. What does that mean for us? If we follow, if we're followers of Jesus, we should be a people that forgive and that move forward. I want to, I want to spend some time in shouting out and giving a quick shout out to a, a small group that meets here at the church. I see a couple of faces here in the room and some of us who are watching online, uh, watching at the other campuses, maybe you guys have been impacted by this group, uh, but celebrate recovery has not only, yeah, a couple of whoops, uh, 
Celebrate Recovery has not just become a small group, but they are officially on the map. If you go to Celebrate Recovery, you'll see Greystone Church. Uh, And it's really awesome. It's really cool. Um, And so for some of you guys, you may not know what Celebrate Recovery is, or maybe you've seen it, but let me talk a little bit about this. And this might be a next step for some of you or some of you that may know someone who needs this. Celebrate Recovery is a place that meets on Tuesday nights here at 6.30. And it's for anybody who has a hurt habit or hang up, which is all of us, which is all of us. If it's not now, it will be later, which is all of us. It's a lot of broken people, a lot of people that are imperfect, a lot of people that are in need of just growth and they need it to be able to lock arms with people and say, let's move this, let's grow in Christ together. And so I encourage you, I don't know what's, what's been done to you. I don't know the pain, I don't know the hurt. I don't know if you've already stepped into this forgiveness, that's great. But I would encourage you, if you're, not, if you're still in a place where this cycle is continuing and, you're, and, you're, and it's destroying you, may I suggest, step into a place of Celebrate Recovery. It's a great group of people. I love them all. And so congratulations, Celebrate Recovery, being on the map. That's awesome. So yes, it's been great. A lot of work with Jamie and Jennifer there. Lisa Turkhurst is a well-known Christian author. Maybe you guys have read some of her books. She's an incredible uh, author, speaker. She wrote a book called Forgiving What You Can't Forget. I don't wanna ruin her story, but this book came out in November, 2020. It's a number one uh, best-selling book that came out. And there's a lot of really good golden nuggets about forgiveness and her forgiveness journey. But what I'd like to do the next couple of steps here in the message is share a couple of things that I've gleaned from her book. You guys ready? Here's, I think it's number four on your talk notes. Forgiveness is a decision. Forgiveness is a decision. Yes, someone's done you wrong. The offense has been done. You're deciding to forgive someone for the facts of what they've done to you. But it's also, I'll give you the number five on your talk notes, but it's also the emotional healing process. Forgiveness, Forgiveness is a process for you and I. It's not just deciding to say, hey, I forgive you. But, but it's a process of daily saying, man, I've got to forgive that person because triggers will happen, right? Things will pop up and you're like, oh yeah. That doesn't mean the forgiveness didn't originally happen, but the process of forgiving that individual and forgiving yourself, is going to take time. That's why uh, therapy is such an incredible thing. Getting Christian counseling is such an incredible, important thing for us. It's an incredible thing to have. So don't wait until the next offense to determine how you will respond. We have to be a people that are just gonna say, you know what, whatever this is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose to reconcile, I'm gonna choose to forgive that person as Jesus did with us. He showed us compassion, he showed us patience, he showed us forgiveness. Lastly, here's the last point. You don't have to forget. You don't have to forget in order to forgive. It's the title of the message but you don't have to forget in order to forgive. Forgetting the offense is not a requirement of true forgiveness. God is an omniscient God. God remembers our sin. I mean, Jesus was remembering sin while he was on the cross, but he chooses to not hold it against us. He pardons us. When we, when we forgive people, we're not forgetting that. Oh yeah, well that, I forget. what did you do? No, no, no. We may remember because that's, that's where lessons are learned, but we don't hold it against the individual. We forgive them without having to forget. I want to move into a time, we're about in closing of the message, but I want to move into a time of sharing a story. Uh, it's a real story, real people, real pain, uh, real grace given, uh, but real forgiveness and real rec- reconciliation. 
um, it's, a, it's my family, it's a family story. Um, my mother-in-law, um, she is, her name's Dot, her real name's Dorothy, we call her Dot for short. Uh, my father-in-law, excuse me, my father-in-law Edwin, uh, Ed for short. Uh, I'm gonna share a little bit about their story. Now, I've gotten approval of this story I'm about to share, and I may get emotional. If you've ever seen a redheaded beard guy about to cry, it may happen. But I share this to not shame or degrade any person's specifically my mother-in-law and my father-in-law because I love them very much. But I, I also share it to encourage you to bring glory to God ultimately because he's the one who is in the middle of this story. So let me share this with you guys. Ed and Dot, they were married in 1985. They got, they got married and um, they had two wonderful kids, James and Crystal, my wife today. James, my brother-in-law. Uh, Ed was a captain for American Airlines. He um, served in the military and the Air Force, but then he got a job being, a, being a, a pilot for American Airlines and did that for many years. Let me back up. Ed and Dot, they were both not Christians. They were not Christians when they first met. Um, but later on in, in their marriage, Dot came to Christ, committed her life to Jesus. And the old Dot, as I was speaking with her, hearing more of this story before I shared it today, she said, my, my old life was dead. Like I just, I, I remember thinking, well, why am I not desiring the things that I once did? It's because Jesus changed her heart, her mind, her, her being, it just changed her. And so the old things were there. So the things of going to church and getting excited about the things of God and reading her Bible, those things got her fired up. And so for many years, Dot would go to church and Ed would begrudgingly go to church because... That, that's what made his wife happy. And so uh, they kept going to church, kept growing. And as, as those years were passing by, Dot would continue to pray for Ed's salvation, pray that Ed would commit his life to Christ and surrender his life to him. I come into the picture a couple of years later. I've met Crystal, my wife, in college. We're college sweethearts. And uh, we, I, would go, I would go to their house in Lexington, South Carolina, a couple of times. And, you know, we would hang out. They have some land out there. We would do four-wheelers. A lot of fun time, a lot of exciting times. And then one time I, I was uh, in their kitchen. And you can tell the, the, the conversation is going from a typical conversation to a heavy, this is not going to be good conversation. I remember sitting there and uh, I think my wife and I were recently uh, engaged at that time and there was a lot of excitement going on, but not at that moment. My mother-in-law, she just shared in that moment that Ed had had an affair. He, uh, while he was out uh, on, a, on a flight, he ended up finding this lady and this lady ended up getting my mother-in-law's email and my father-in-law got caught. Unbeknownst to me, obviously, I was wrecked. My wife was wrecked. Our whole family was wrecked. Their marriage was in jeopardy. She had every right to leave him. But there were a couple of things that happened as a result of this situation. Dot, like I told you before, she's been praying for Ed's salvation. She's been praying for him. Come to Jesus. Do whatever you need to do, Lord. While that was happening, there was a couple of things that were happening to Ed at the same time before he got caught. There were a couple messages that were shared in church about infidelity. There were things that were talked about. There were godly people speaking into his life and him not even understanding. God was at work and he got caught. These are two things that happened as a result of him, a result of the situation. Dot and Ed's marriage is still intact today. It's stronger than ever. 
There's forgiveness that's there. There's reconciliation that's there. They love each other. And it's apparent. Second thing, even that much greater, Ed came to Christ as a result of this. Yeah, my father-in-law, I love him to pieces. I love you, Dot and Ed. I mean, talk about, obviously I'm talking to Dot and trying to figure out the details about this conversation. Obviously she would not have wanted him to have an affair in order for him to come to Christ, of course. But God allowed this to happen in order that he might know Jesus, might know Christ. And so I love, and now the things on this side of it, Dot said, you can't get Ed out of church now. Like he desires the things of God. He's in a, an accountability group. He's following after God. He's reading the Bible for himself. He's in, a, he's in some men's discipleship groups there at his church. And so it's an amazing thing to see where if it were unforgiveness that had won, it would be a completely different story. But yet forgiveness changed the trajectory of not only their lives, but it changed the trajectory of my life, my wife's life, and so on and so forth. Now they're huge leaders in their church. And it's amazing that they allowed me to share their testimony today. And I hope that it might be an encouragement to you. One last thing, a couple other things, actually. Dot told me that she never brings it back up. She never brings it back up. She forgave him and she doesn't say, hey, you remember what you did there? No, she didn't forget it, but she forgave him. And she doesn't keep bringing back up. She forgave him. One of the couple verses that she shared with me that I'd like to share with you, the last couple of verses to end the message today is Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and 22. Talking about forgiveness, Peter asks Jesus and asked him, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, he's asking. Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Some translations say 70 times, seven times. Regardless, it's a lot of times. It's a lot of times. It's not just a one and done, I'm gonna write you off. We should be a people that forgive and forgive and show grace after grace, even when we've been hurt the most. Even when when it doesn't seem right and it doesn't seem fair, we should be a people that forgive. Application for today. What must you do in order to live in forgiveness? What must you do to live in forgiveness? Now, some of us today, as I'm sharing this, you're like, man, this is for me. But others of you may not be yet. I would encourage you to remember this message to say, hey, this time might be coming. I'm gonna need some reminders to say, man, I need to forgive. Real healthy, godly relationships are messy. They really are messy. And at times, they should also be full of grace. So what grace should you extend in order for forgiveness and compromise to happen? Let's pray, church. Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness that we have received from Christ. Um, this morning, I know that there's a few new faces in the room and a few new stories of people um, here. And I, I don't know everyone's story. I don't know what every. Uh, one's going through. But I do pray for the person who may not know you, may not have the joy that you offer, the peace that you offer. And maybe they have, a for, have an unforgiveness, unforgiving thing that's happened to them. I pray that they would do what my mother-in-law did, that they would surrender it to you. It wasn't my mother-in-law considering, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what's right. No, she said, God, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna put the, my faith in you. 
I'm gonna surrender it all to you. And look what you did, God. So I don't know what the circumstances is, but I pray that whoever's in here who doesn't know you, doesn't have a relationship with you, might that, might that day be today, that they commit their life to you. They start living for you. They start getting in your word and they start loving you, God, because you first loved us. And the others, I pray that we would be a forgiving people. The church should be the most forgiving people ever. It should be, it should be so astonishing to the world that they're like, man, what is that about? Well, it's because we have received a forgiveness that is not of this world. We have forgived, we have, been, we have received forgiveness of our sin so that we might have eternal life. May that never get old to us, God. If that has become old and cold to us, may you rejuvenate that fire, that excitement. Yeah, God, God, you forgave us even when we were yet dead in, in our sin. And so we just love you. We thank you so much for this opportunity to open your word together to glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more messages or info on Greystone Church, feel free to go to our website, greystonechurch.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We look forward to connecting with you. We hope you have an amazing day and we'll catch you next week.